what we believe about God and what we believe about who we are as people and as God's creation and God's children, that's where our actions flow from. So we have to be sure that we are um, talking about God and thinking about God in healthy ways to be healthy presence on earth. Hello, and welcome to the Caring Congregation podcast, where we seek to educate and equip pastors, as well as congregational care ministers, these key volunteers, to develop and implement the Caring Congregation Ministry, the Congregational Care Ministry, and to provide ongoing training and resources to existing care ministries. Right now, uh, just to introduce ourselves, I'm Karen Lampy, and with me today is the national team for the Caring Congregation. Hi, I'm Reverend Joy Dister Dominguez. Hello, it's good to be with you. I'm Reverend Laura Berg. And I'm Reverend Melissa Collier Gepford. And on today's episode, we are talking about why congregational care ministry. And that essentially means is why would you choose the congregational care ministry method for your church? Now, just a, in a nutshell, I'm going to try to just really condense it down to one sentence. And from my point of view, care is the heart of the church. And when we provide a method of care where ministers, care ministers who are volunteers and pastors can work together, then we are able to unleash the laity power of the church. So absolutely, we need good (laughs) preaching and discipleship and missions. But out of the Gospels, we read over and over again about the healing ministry of Jesus. And that's what we are about. Now, the history around this particular method of care comes fully out of a theology that Jesus is a healer. And just to recap very quickly how it happened about 18 years ago, the care ministry at Church of the Resurrection was made up of essentially Reverend Adam Hamilton plus three other pastors, and I was one of those pastors. We had a large group of Stephen ministers who wanted to do more than their current ministry allowed. So fast forward three years, we implemented and created the Congregational Care Ministry Model. And we transitioned all of our Stephen ministers into becoming Congregational Care Ministers, or CCMs. And we gave them about 20 extra hours of training, and we were off and running. We found that this model worked so well that we wanted to share it with all sizes of churches. And that's when I met Melissa. So, Melissa, can you share just a little bit about how we met? Yeah. So um, my husband and I are a clergy couple. He's an ordained elder and I'm an ordained deacon. And we were appointed to a small-ish church about 45 minutes outside of Kansas City, Tonganoxie. Uh, We were worshiping about 150 to 200 on a Sunday. And the thing about Tonganoxie is it's a really lovely bedroom community. um, And it's equidistant between Topeka, Kansas, 
Texas, Lawrence, Kansas, and Kansas City. And so, um, you know, it's a town of 5,000 and um, we don't have like a hospital. They're, they don't have a hospital in Tonganoxie. So, um, you know, one day Bill was the senior pastor. That's my husband. I was the, in kids ministry. One day, Bill got a call, and one of his one of our parishioners was in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, at the hospital there having emergency surgery. So he loaded up, got into the car, and headed out to Can- uh, to Lawrence. And on the way to Lawrence, he received a phone call from someone in Kansas City, and someone in our congregation had just received news that they had stage four cancer and they needed someone there with, with them in Kansas city. I mean, what do you do, right? When you're on the way to, to one location and then you get a call saying, Hey, I need you here. It's a difficult decision. <laughs> wow. Right. And yeah. And I don't even, I don't know. I don't remember what he decided to do. I imagine he, had a long mm-hmm. day of of work and driving in the car. Um, but it was in that moment that he remembered um, his roots. He grew up at Church of the Resurrection. Um, and so he had experienced this congregational care ministry. Um, so, so Karen, you probably have a lot of really good and silly memories of, of Ooh, Bill as a share. kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like, Later. Hey, Karen, what if, what if we have a bonus episode where we just tell stories <laughs> on people? Yeah, no. Um, but anyway, so, so Bill remembered this, this amazing care ministry model and, and thought, we got to get some help. There is no way like this is not sustainable. Um, And frankly, um, he knew that there were people in the congregation that had a gift for care, maybe even more so than him, you know? (laughs) And so, so we, we learned that you were, that church of the resurrection was hosting a seminar um, training to, to teach the, the basics of the congregational care ministry and, and how to how to implement that in your congregation. So we we are just forty five minutes away. So we got a team together, uh, two two clergy people and two lay people, and uh, we registered for the seminar. And and that's you know stuff rolled from there. I can remember so well um, your being there, Melissa. It was just such a delight to see, and and I remember so well that there was important witness that you gave to me was that this Mm -hmm. model of care really fits for any size church. And I was so excited about that. And that's when Mm -hmm. really our conversation began to take on new understanding because it wasn't about being a big church. It was about providing for any size church. And now um, we're doing that as a team Mm -hmm. And creating right. uh, across the country seminars and webinars now with through COVID and trying to really help people understand how this, as you say, in your words, shrink to fit model <laughs> of care works. Yeah. yeah, right. You're right. You know, Church of the Resurrection is big. It's the 
biggest church in the United Methodist denomination. And so that can feel daunting mm-hmm. walking into this huge, beautiful building, knowing that there are more people that, that go to worship there on a Sunday than there are in your own hometown. Um, that can be, that's pretty daunting. We, we took our confirmation class to a worship service there some years back. And the the kids said when they walked into the hallway, it looks like an airport in here because there are all of these screens with with like schedules of, of things that were going on. And I think while that's while that's wonderful and beautiful and the impact that that's having on on the community is fantastic. It can feel daunting when you hear from this huge stage that you have a couple hundreds congregational care ministry ministers, um, you know, for, for one church. And so um, it, it did, it felt daunting going to the the seminar and learning about this huge program, but it, you're right, Karen, it really does fit for any context and any size. You know, like I said, we were worshiping 150 to 200 on the Sunday and I've helped congregations smaller mm-hmm. than that implement because it's about laity. It's- well, and it's just a reminder that every church, regardless of the size, needs congregational care ministry. Um, yeah. You- right. It's not, it's not optional. I mean, <laughs> like all, it, it shouldn't be optional. Like, like it's not, it's not like, oh, your church has a congregational care ministry or it doesn't like, like that is a basic of a church. <laughs> right. Like, at the very least, having only the pastor be the professional mm-hmm. Christian and do all of the care, at the very least, it's unsustainable, sure. like practical. And it's also sure. not biblical, Biblical, right? Like it's not, it's not how, the, how mm-hmm. Jesus intended it. Like he sent the disciples mm-hmm. out to do that work. And as the, the early church grew, they equipped people to care for others and they they identified them and lifted them up as people with gifts and graces to do this work mm-hmm. they equipped them and they unleashed them like it's the biblical and even, model i think of some scripture with paul encouraging those with different gifts and graces to to carry on that, that great, that great commission of making disciples. Right. Um, so it was, it's always been in our DNA as those in the body of Christ to care for others, to be the church. You know, right. and Joyce, you're saying that I remember so very well how um, that in your call to me at one point and saying, um, Karen, can you come to Fort Worth and do a seminar in our area? And um, and then I did that. And then, Laura, similarly, the same for you in Florida. Now this whole team, uh, the four of us, we are ready to be able to do those seminars in normal times. But now through webinars, Mm-hmm. Um, with this great energy of the internet. Um, we're still out there training people all over the country sure. with this model of care. We hope that you're enjoying this episode from The Caring Congregation. Check out our website, thecaringcongregation.com, for additional resources and information on how you can join us for an upcoming webinar or host your own seminar to train and equip your care ministry team and pastors. 
We also have two brand new books out, a Care Minister's Manual and Implementation Guide just released by Abington Press. You can purchase through Abington, Cokesbury, or Amazon. Now, back to our conversation. Laura or Joy, can you tell us anything about those national seminars that we had in your area of your of your part of the country? Well, sure. And I think the the way I even got to that point where I was even aware of the national piece to it all um, was uh, realizing my own limitations within my vocation as an ordained deacon, shifting from hospice care work to work within the local church. I'd been a hospice chaplain for 10 years and was um, actually hosting a grief group in the local church. Um, when I was asked by the senior pastor of that church if I would consider coming part-time and helping them through the transition period between the senior pastor's retirement and uh, what they had just learned would be the associate pastor's uh, uh, appointment to a church in South Florida. So this intersection of moves created this big uh, space for anxiety uh, and grief and maybe some frustration, anger about the system because they had had the senior pastor for 34 years. Yes, unheard of in the United Methodist appointments. But that created this system of disconnect um, with how things function. So I was asked if I would just go and help out. And not long after being in the local church, I learned of the Stephen ministry that had been going very well until the senior minister uh, supervisor had retired and left the senior ministers um, who were their lay people offering the care to the, to the church and community, this void and absence of being able to be held together because they needed that supervisor. So I did my research and discovered it just wasn't economically feasible or practical to send someone to do the Stephen ministry training for that position. So out of my own need for help, uh, providing the pastoral care that I had and realizing the importance of equipping our lay people for pastoral care ministry work, um, I started doing my own search. And uh, there was another local church in, in Florida conference who was using this model of care, the caring congregation. I went and did some um, research there with that church and saw how well organized it was, was so impressed. And, and before long, found myself in Kansas City uh, taking a national workshop, uh, learning about this model of care. Um, shortly after that, taking one layperson back to Kansas City who I don't think I could have stopped her from uh, developing a workshop in our <laughs> church uh, where we equipped another eight people, which gave us the opportunity to provide retraining of the uh, Stephen ministers so that they could begin that work, but continue it under the guidance or the modeling of this uh, uh, model of care. Um, but also the opportunity where I had a whiteboard in my office where people would come in and say, you know, I, out of my own struggle with addiction, 
I feel called to care for people with addiction. Out of my own struggle with the loss of a child to a heroin overdose, I don't know, could God use that, you know, that part of my story to, to help others in need? So, man, I was just keeping a list of, of people in the church who we then invited to participate in the workshop that we offered. Um, and from the eight who um, became congregational care ministers working alongside me and our senior, our new senior pastor. Um, we, we had a host of others that were very interested. And so out of that, that's when I called Karen <laughs> and I said, help, we're growing exponentially. What do I do? And she came to us in the Florida conference and we opened the doors to the conference and we had 18 wow. churches participating wow. in a conference workshop. And, you know, the most incredible thing I hear um, resonating throughout the clergy who attend these conferences is why didn't, why didn't I get this training when I was mm -hmm. in seminary? Why hadn't someone asked mm -hmm. me, do I really think I can do this on my own? Because the answer is most often when we find ourselves, whether we're in a small appointment or a large appointment, the overwhelming needs are more than one person or even sure. two pastors can handle on their own. And I think that's where we wake up. We have a wake up call and we realize we weren't intended mm -hmm to do this on our own. You know, um, we have the scriptures that remind us and the ministry of Christ Jesus, who demonstrated to us a shared ministry of caring for others. And so I just, I can't say enough about it. I'm extremely enthusiastic about this model of care. And I can just tell you, you know, from a small church, um, you never know what the Holy Spirit is going to do. Just be willing to big, big dreams, God-sized mm -hmm. dreams. And you may not have the plan in place right away, or know how it's going to unfold. But if God places that on a layperson's heart uh, out of your life story, it is amazing what God can do with mm -hmm. that, all of it. Uh, so awesome. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great model of care. The image Laura that comes to mind is like God igniting this match, right? That, that burns in you for passion, for care for others and others see that. And then they catch on to that and then they burn with that. And it, it's amazing how your team has grown um, and, and how you've inspired others through your passions. I think that's, that's so mm -hmm. beautiful. And um, how you elevated that importance of care. Um, I, I think that that shows your value of, why congregational care matters. That, that's remarkable. You know, ladies, when you're thinking of just um, the church as the body of Christ mm -hmm. and you, and for all of us, um, experiencing, you know, good Sunday morning. Oh yeah. Let's, let's listen to a good um, sermon or, you know, light our candles or whatever it is that we're doing. But when it is the daily work of Jesus, and mm -hmm. that's where this heart of the church, this caring ministry, is vitally needed every day, taken out into the world. Mm -hmm. And to Absolutely. help people, as I, th I think, Laura, you were saying, or Joy, just igniting it into people, uh, into people's lives. Mm -hmm. Well, in... And right. for me, congregational care is is a basic of a church. It's like you said, the heart of the church. It's it's something that um, it's 
it's a must. It's a non-negotiable. I mean, I, I remember growing up, I, I came from a very, very small church. Um, our town, I think, had about 2,000, 3,000 people. And while we didn't have an official form of congregational care, I witnessed my parents caring for others. And that was ingrained in me in, in such a young age, how they cared and loved on others, especially going through a difficult time. And that was being the church. And um, and so then as a young adult, even my connection with the church and how the church cared for me and in good times and in difficult times, um, that that's really where my my passion of of caring for other people through through the church um, really emerged. And, you know, Karen, it's interesting. I <laughs> one thing that helped me kind of gather my experience and my passion and where my heart is. Um, in the local church, it, it came together uh, about, gosh, six or so years ago um, at, a, at a previous church appointment. I served alongside this man named Reverend Vern Fuquay. And um, I think he's about 92 mm. years old now, still serving mm. <laughs> the local church. Mm. Remarkable wow. man. He's the pastor of visitation. And um, he would always say, our business is people. Our business is people. And I cannot think of a better way to sum up what our role as pastors, as laity who have this passion and these gifts to be a congregational care minister, our business, our duty, our calling, our heart is for people just as it was for Jesus. And to care for people, to walk alongside people during difficult times, to celebrate with people, to um, to offer healing from God. You know, we don't we don't do the healing. We offer that that to come from from God. Um, it is a way to love people, and when we love people, we're loving God, and that is what we're. That's the greatest commandment, and um, that's what we're called to do. And I. Um, and so that's that's really that's always stuck with me. Our business is people, and um, uh, I, I love that. <laughs> and and with yeah. that joy, uh, with that joy, I would add that one of the things I've discovered about the beauty of the caring congregation that it is not center self centered mm -hmm. focused. Mm -hmm. It is not only about ministering to the congregation. Mm -hmm. um, it is about the community in which we sure. serve. And so I, I say that and give an example of one of the congregational care ministers in our church um, saw a need in the community um, and where, where the love of God might not be so prevalently known um, in the community and developed a ministry mm -hmm. That, that really brought the heart of Christ into a place where Jesus was already mm -hmm. hanging out is, is how I like to look at it and invited us to come alongside mm. individuals in the community. And, and to me, that's where I just see the expanse of this igniting sure. of the fire is that it, it truly does allow us to sometimes take the focus off ourselves. We can do that as mm -hmm. the church, um, you know, but allow us to not only see the needs within, but also be listening and attentive to the needs in the, mm -hmm. in the community in which we serve. I mean, that's the point sure. of the church, sure. is it not? Right. Correct. Like if we don't exist for people, if we don't exist for those who are not yet part of our 
our congregation, the body of Christ, then mm-hmm. what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and and how much um, the body of Christ we've we've hurt each other too. Um, I know. Melissa, you know, you're, you're really passionate about being that, that mode of healing as well. Um, Yeah, I've had, I've had some, I've had some great experiences in church and I've had some really mm -hmm. not great experiences in church. And, and just, you know, for, for those of you who have always been steeped in, in Christian, you know, Christianity and church culture, um, know that there is a large, a large group of people who are leaving church because of their negative experiences. And sometimes, you know, a church has good intentions or people in the church have good intentions and they cause harm. And other times it's mm-hmm. reckless. And so, um, you know, the point of this podcast and the resourcing that we do and the training that we do, um, you know, we're, we're a mainline and mainline moderate to progressive aggressive, theologically um, oriented people that, um, you know, our, our goal is to do mm-hmm. no harm as we, as we minister to people in churches and in our communities, um, taking, allowing people to come wholly as they are mm-hmm. now, um, as beloved children of God, regardless of sex, orientation, gender, race, language, ability, class, um, what have you. We, we are passionate about um, offering methods mm-hmm. of care that are actually healing instead of harm. Amen. You know, Melissa, that, <laughs> that idea that the theology matters. Yes. I mean, and, and that's one of the things that we go into depth in, in our trainings is just the importance of understanding why things happen to good people mm-hmm. <laughs> that you just, that blow your mind, you know, and you just think, right. okay, God, how can we theologically undergird and bring people along? And, and part of that in our training is really centered around helping people understand that the ministry of presence or the ministry of just um, the right language so that they don't <laughs> go down some rabbit hole where it it helps them. As you said, Melissa, mm-hmm. they, they walk away from the church because they're hurt. Sure. You know, and, and Absolutely. So, I did it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I walked away for a while. Um, and you'll hear my story later. But it's so crucial, you know, Karen, you said the heart of it, it is theology and, and you know, that word words about God mm-hmm. is all that means. And um, and what we believe about God and what we believe about who we are as people and as God's creation and God's children, that's where our actions flow from. So we have to be sure that we are um, talking about God and thinking about God in healthy ways to be healthy presence mm. on earth. And, and, the, and I think another beauty about it is that 
um, when we start seeing persons in our congregation, some of our lay people who are asking questions that have to do with theology, you know, CCM, Congregational Care Ministry, is a part of that as well. There is a discipleship mm-hmm. component mm-hmm. Um, as we are meeting with people and we come back to our gatherings to have conversations about how each congregational minister is encountering people and where we can be supportive of one another in our ministries. You know, we find the very essence of things we're struggling about in our own theology. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a, a real avenue of growth. Um, and, and the fact that it can bring us together without all the different yeah. silos that sometimes our ministries can create in church. Congregational care ministry, truly being the heart of the church, can bring in all of these ministries um, and have an impact on the effect that they have, the transformational effect they have in individuals' lives. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to dive in more with with all of you, and, and we've got some great podcasts coming up, and we're going to explore these topics uh, at, at further length. Um, Karen, would you pray for us as we, as we close out this, this episode? Oh, thank you. Sure, Joy. Oh, gracious holy God, we are so grateful to be together, even in this age of technology and the need to be social distanced right now, Lord God. We are together. And we just ask, Lord God, that the healing ministry of your kingdom, oh God, that we can be a part of it and that we can spread this gospel good news that, yes, indeed, there is healing and there is this possibility, Lord God, for your love, grace, joy, peace, compassion to be made known yet, even in these days, Lord God, uh, when it just feels very challenging to all of us. Help us be that, oh God, that truly, Lord God, your kingdom might come. All this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check out our website, thecaringcongregation.com, for more resources and information on seminars and our newly released books. Be sure to like and share this episode and subscribe to this channel. Join us next week as we explore further topics on congregational care ministry. Until then, may God bless you and keep you.